What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. Hey, welcome back. Woo! How are you? Dale que tu puedes. I'm very Miami. I'm not thing. really that excited. <laughs> Yo, is it hurricane season down there? It's, it yeah, is bro. for life. Yeah. Even yeah. when it's not, it is true that true that true that <laughs> Yo, KGB couldn't make it today. Uh, he sends his uh, apologies, his regards, but, but he's he's definitely uh, he's doing fatherhood shit. Definitely doing some fatherhood shit. Yeah. I wasn't here last week. Now it's his turn. One yeah. of these days you got to diss us. Let's do it. Yeah. Next week, probably. So right. and by the way, we might actually switch up the schedule. So. Yeah. If we don't hear anything in the DMs after this episode drops, I think we're just gonna pull pull a stunt. Um, well, I guess we'll talk more about it, but we might we might change the frequency of yeah. the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, if you want to know more, but for the you, better, for the better, it's not yeah. it's not anything that we're doing for a negative reason. It's it's to to polish it and and make it a well you know a more well oiled machine for the people. Definitely. And so this is our 200th episode. This is 200 straight weeks of Fatherhood's podcast. Yeah. If I had $5 for every one of those 200. Yo, <laughs> it, it hasn't been easy, bro. It hasn't been easy, but, but it's been worth it. So right. thank you to everyone who listens on a consistent basis. Even those of you who are new, we still appreciate your ears uh, and those that watch on on YouTube also. Uh thank you for checking us out. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, what was that show? I, I I sing that every now and again. I, I don't know, but I just asked for a thousand dollars. I should have put five hundred dollars for every two hundred. Yeah. I just asked for a thousand dollars. That's oh, you it. You just bro. you just did the math? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't sound like a lot of money, bro. <laughs> no, but life is getting busy. The summer is getting ridiculous. Um so I don't know. Well we're still talking about it, trying to put a game plan together, but don't get mad at us if we skip a week and then we tell you that we're coming back in the other week or something like that. Yeah, man. All right. So you got some stuff to talk about. E. Not some stuff to talk about. I just well, was, it's not, you made it sound like some traumatic shit happened in my life. Yeah. No, nah, I'm, I'm mad, mad. Uh, what's the word? Uh, false advertising out here. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Although we did take my poor son. He's been going through the ringer with doctors. I don't know if I, did I talk about it on the show yet already? I think, I mean, you've always, you've said it many times where like you guys go through a round of being sick uh, a, a bunch, but yeah, but he reason. had all kinds of shit happening. Yeah. Where it was like in and out of urgent care and then the doctor, his regular doctor. Then we went to a specialist and he's been getting, you know, fucking pricked and prodded. Like poor guy's been through the ringer and he's such a sweet kid. And it just hurts to, to hear, to see him, you know, just, just getting like fucking, you know, all these like, like shots or like, like blood drawn and, him just going through it. And, and today we, was his two year doctor appointment, which we had to reschedule from 
a couple weeks ago. And then again, they fucking pricked and prodded him again. <laughs> he's just like, he sees the nurse and he just, he saw the building, which bugged me out. He saw us pull into the parking lot and he knew. He, already, he goes, nah, nah, nah. Oh, poor kid. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. I feel so bad for you, man. And, uh, but anyways, with that being said, I do want to get into something that actually I got an email today and it, and it goes in line with my son, my daughter, like my son just turned two. And I feel like the switch got turned on for the terrible twos, like immediately. Oh, okay. He's starting to have tantrums and, and like these little outbursts that he wasn't having before. My sweet little innocent baby is, you know, <laughs> turned a corner here. Um, and he's still sweet and innocent, but yeah, like he's going crazy. Like when we go to change him, his diaper, he, he's wilding out. He's a strong little fucker. Like his legs, I got I feel like I've got to do wrestling moves on him. I feel like I'm hurting him. If I, you know, cause I'm trying to make sure he doesn't throw shit everywhere. Right. And so he's that he's doing that. My daughter's still in her, we can't call it, uh, what is it? Uh, what was it? Terrible twos. And they said the three nagers. She's not a three nager because she's four now, but she's still got her little tantrums and issues. And so I got an email because a while back we tried to like check out, it was actually during quarantine. Mm -hmm. There's some lady that claims to be an expert on, uh, on kids and their behavior and, we watched like a live stream or something that she did. But then it was it was like after you have to like buy a whole program. We didn't buy it, but I subscribed Fun. for the free thing that we watched. And so I got an email today that talked about four strategies to stop tantrums. OK, so I want to like discuss it and tell me what you think. You know, you have older kids. Have you implemented anything like this on your own? Uh, let me change this up here. And I'm thinking some of them just seem like they're like no brainers. but you tell me. So strategy number one is they, the title is mind, body and soul time. Okay. And basically what it's saying is give spend fit 10 to 15 minutes, intentional minutes each day, one-on-one -on -one with your child, do whatever your child wants, ask them, what do they want to do? And you do that wholeheartedly. You're, you're a hundred and 20% doing that with them and they decide what it is they want to do you don't decide no phone no computer no you have to be mindful that you're in in the situation with your kid and it says that by doing that and giving them that short amount of time that full attention and it supposedly it helps change their behavior because it kind of the way that the lady puts it in this is it fills their uh their attention bucket mm. that's the way this, this lady puts it so I, I'm I'm just as you're saying, I'm thinking about my three kids and my and whether or not I'm doing that with them. So first and foremost, that is something that I began doing to a small extent more recently. So my my youngest is six. So I'd say in the last two years, maybe I've been mindful of trying to do that. My son is the one that I feel like I've done that most with because he has been the neediest when it comes mm -hmm. to that. My girls tend to kind of find their own way and don't really check for dad or, or request time of me like that. So I've gravitated toward my son who's actually come out and be like, dad, we got to do this. We should do that. And then I, then I just turn everything off and like focus on him. But what's interesting, what's interesting there is my son talks a lot. So a lot of the time it's just him blurting out facts that random facts that he heard and learned on YouTube. And it's just me listening. And trying to be engaged and try to follow him going you from going to La La Land. 
I try not to. <laughs> I try to like, because it's easy for me to like have him talk, talk and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I really try to like engage the conversation. Right. But I don't do it with my daughters. So I'd say I'm doing it like half-ass right now. But I do, I do agree that it is important and it, it does work. So it does work. You're saying oh, it yeah. does work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So strategy number two is control the environment. And what they're saying that means is some is so it's a hundred outside or some is it is perfect storm. <laughs> sorry, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um so they're basically saying that if your kid takes naps, if you if you know your kid gets cranky if they don't eat a snack. You know, do the things that you know will help their mood. Mm. You know, like make sure that you plan your day around their their afternoon nap. Make sure you you try to give them a snack. Uh, if you know, you know, if you're gonna go out somewhere and and you know and stuff like that. So the the bottom line here at the end it says just remember. Well, this is the, each morning take a moment to think about and plan your day. Know where you and your children are going, what you will be doing, and plan accordingly. By taking the time to control the environment, you'll be able to avoid many tantrums-inducing situations. But then they say, but then the next paragraph is mad funny. They, like, uh, what is it? all over that. Indemnify themselves. They're like, just remember, life happens. Sometimes naps are missed and meals are skipped. And that is perfectly okay. When things go a bit astray, just make sure to manage your expectations and focus on implementing the next strategy. Okay, because I was going to say that one I'm going to call bullshit on right now. Like that, as eloquently put, is incredibly hard to actually be consistent with. The one for 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 older kids, maybe. For me, and maybe it's just because of the chaos, you know, the way we managed it. But I can say we've been able to pick up relatively quickly on the fact that when one of our kids, when they were younger, my six-year-old still to some degree now, when she starts, they start wilding out. We don't take it. We try not to take it personally or get upset about it. We just, uh, all right, it's time for you to take a nap. Cause and then we could like make them aware of like how they're behaving and then try to get them to be okay with taking a nap and then celebrate them after they wake up. Like, don't you feel better? And like m- encourage, like when you feel in this, like let's go take a nap. Right. Right. That works. That works a ton, but doing it in partnership with your kid is, is the trick because otherwise they're going to be upset every time. I mean, we, we definitely, we are big on routine in our house to try to maintain to the point where, Sometimes, like, I feel like my girl is a little bit too hardcore. You know, I have, like, like Nick for her, like Fidel Castro. Or oh, whatever. hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the routine is is great. You know, like, I feel like everybody needs the routine. Can I say that those naps and those snacks 100% will avoid tantrums and, and things? No. But... Definitely when they don't have the when when my son, at least my daughter doesn't really take naps anymore in school. She does when she doesn't or he doesn't take the nap. We we can we can see it. We can feel it. Gotcha. And when they don't have a meal or a snack that they usually do, if they if they're hungry, we can sense it. You know, it comes out in their attitude. So so that, you know, I could say to be true. Um, strategy number three, give clear expectations. 
I thought this was interesting. It says, um, like, if you're going to a party uh, with your kid and, you know, you're, you know, you want to, like, kind of set up expectations to your kid, like, let them know what's going to happen. Because it's basically saying your kid is not a mind reader. You know, they don't, they haven't, I'm putting my own words. They haven't lived life long enough to know how to act and what to expect in every situation. So it's basically saying set up like an idea to them, like set it up for them. Like, yo, we're about to go here. It's going to be like this, you know, uh, you know, play nice. You know, you should make sure you play nice with your friends and do this and do that. And, you know, and, and then maybe like things that might happen and then kind of expect set up expectations of how you want them to behave is what mm-hmm. this is saying. Say, look, you know, we're going to be in this situation. You know, if, if a kid takes a candy from you, there's no need for you to have a meltdown. Just tell me I'll get you another candy or whatever. I expect you to behave like this, this and this. And if you don't, it says you should let them know what's going to happen, the consequences if they misbehave and don't listen. And of course, the ending paragraph, you know, says, hey, you know, shit happens. <laughs> and, if, and if none of these work, right, right. try your own shit. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, what do you think about that one? That, that one we, we apply all the time. And I think it's one of the things that I credit to us being complimented so often about the behavior of our kids. Because... I'm I'm very much about allowing my kids to find out things for themselves, whether they're great or maybe not terrible, but not the greatest. But I always want to make sure that they have a clear understanding of the possibilities of their actions or what what circumstances we're about to get into or whatever. Because for me, it's important for them to be able to make decisions on how they want to behave or or present themselves in a given situation. And I find that prepping them always helps. Like even if it's even if it doesn't go perfectly, like even if they wild out when they, you know, not supposed to, the the level of what the level to where they get versus right. where I know they could be is substantially less. Well, based on what you're saying, so this is the last paragraph. It says, once you've made your expectations clearly known, the ball is in his or her court. Could he still end up losing control and falling into that dreaded tantrum territory? Yes. But you can rest a little easier knowing you took the right preventive steps to help stop a tantrum that may have been in the works. Yeah. So, yeah. So this was an email you got? Well, no, I got an email. And then oh. because I de- we deal with tantrums right now, um, now double. Now it was my daughter and now it, my son is in this world. I clicked and went to the website Got it. and started, you know, reading through, you know, I'm like, what's it going to hurt me to see what tips these people are saying? Um, but, you know, like, like anybody else will forget this in an hour <laughs> and not implement it. But uh, now let me ask you this, though, with this, uh, with this, uh, you know, give clear expectations strategy number three. <laughs> do you say that this works for older kids that are understanding more what you're saying or works across the board for the younger ones? I can remember my son being two years old and us doing this and it working. So I'd say, I mean, and then of course the old, older ones, all it works even better. Okay. Um, and last but not least on this list is strategy number four, provide positive power. I thought that that was, uh, I didn't know what the fuck they were going to say, but it says uh, children thrive on the power that comes from being independent. And oh, I okay, I remember what this was, and having some age appropriate control over their own lives. So basically, kind of giving them 
making them feel independent and, and some freedom. It's saying let them, you know, pick out their clothes or pick out, you know, what they're going to eat. And it says, obviously, you don't want to give complete free reign if it doesn't make sense. But like maybe the parent picks out two outfits and says, OK, which one of these two do you want to wear? You know, the parent says, OK, cereal or pancakes, which we do that all the time. And and they pick my daughter always picks the one that she still ends up hating anyways. <laughs> That's the part that backfires on us. But yeah, giving let let them feel like they're in control of their life at, to some degree. It says it helps avoid tantrums. I don't know how that really helps avoid tantrums. I guess maybe. I'm trying to think like how to connect it. I, I mean, independent of tantrums, I see a lot of value in it, and we've seen it with our kids. No matter the gender, like it's always played itself out really well. Um. I have to imagine it does lend itself. I can't think of a circumstance where like I could connect like, oh, giving them, empowering them to make decisions led to less or no tantrums. But I can, because I think a lot of times when tantrums occurs because the kid doesn't feel like they're able to do what they want or they're being, or they're, they feel like they're not being heard. Right. So those are like, I think two main aspects of why things blow up. And when they're in the driver's seat for even something that might for us seem like minimal for them, it's a big deal. And then I think they feel more inclusion in the family, therefore feeling more heard, lessening the amount of tantrums is the logic that I think is behind it. So, right. It's it, so the last little sentence it says, uh, once her need for positive power is met, you'll find that any negative behavior such as tantrums will be less likely to occur mm-hmm. later on. Now, my thought when it comes to, my kids having this uh, sibling rivalry where my daughter is pretty mean to my son, you know, for, for a lot of their interactions. I, like, I feel like, I don't, I, I don't know if I can call that tantrums or, or what, because I want to, I need strategies for that. Like I've tried different strategies and, and you would, you would think like in, for example, in this uh, positive power one, you give her like, you want I want my daughter to feel like the big sister and that she's the one and kind of like, you know, like, like a mini to, mom. Yeah. Like, but that ends up backfiring because he's so, uh, he has so much PTSD from her already Oh, that when she does turn on nice and tries to do something, he doesn't, it feels like he doesn't believe it. Yeah. And he already like preemptively strikes. Cause she's conditioned him. So like, is, he doesn't trust it. He doesn't trust it. Or he's learned that how she acts sometimes works for her. So he's like, fuck it. I'm gonna do it too. You know, it's like it's like it's you know it's rubbed off on him. So, like an example is that uh, she doesn't want him close to her, right? She's like, ah, baby, was too close. He's too close, and she'll like, like kick him or like, 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 like shove him like slowly, but it's like forcefully, and it's like foul. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I see you. It's like a slow car crash. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so then she'll walk away, and then she'll pretend like she's being nice, and she'll come back into the fold, and now he's in the area. And then I see him. He just goes whomp and pushes her back. No, you're not coming in this area. And he's like adamant about no. And he puts all full force, full force into like not letting her in. And then, then it, you know, then, then now she gets mad and, and then he gets mad and it's just, everybody gets mad and starts crying and losing their mind. I like, not that I wish this happened to me, but I, I almost wish I had experience in dealing with that. Cause I never, I thought because my eldest and my son, my, so my oldest daughter, and my son are nine years apart. I always thought there was going to be conflict between them two because of how 
they're completely different stages on the spectrum. Right. right. So I always expected there to be like beef that we had to like co- consistent beef between them that we had to deal with. And it was all love from jump. And so I don't have I'm so youngest- over you guys and you're I never went through this <laughs> bullshit, man. <laughs> and then my youngest daughter, and my son, they're three years apart and she adores her older brother. She checks him and he checks her every now and again. But there's 90 percent of the time it's all love. So, so I, I can't help you, bro. I don't I don't get it, man. And like my uh, my family's here from from L.A. So I got my godson here and, and my cousin and I'm telling them about my daughter, how she how she how she's been acting with him. And, you know, some of her misbehaving misbehavior. And my cousin's like my my godson right now is 12 years old. She's like, you know, I've I don't know. I've never had that issue. He was such a good boy. He never gave me up. And I'm like. And I, you know, I've been around them, and I, but I just can't remember if I've ever seen him misbehave. Wow. But I'm like, bro, this is fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> Why like, am I the only one? <laughs> like, and then other people will tell me my kids are great, that they're really good kids. You know, and I would say that like my interactions with them, that's the that's the sentiment I have. But I don't deal with them in the private, you know, private so, time. I mean, I guess my, my takeaway from that is, you know, when it's you and your family unit. You only know that, so you don't know. You can't compare it to, yeah, of course, things could always be worse and things could be better. And so anything, like if my kids are good for 90% of the time, that 10% that they're bad, it just stands out to us. And it's really, you know, like we're, we're just not really like built for that because we're not used to it. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's just, it's just you know, it's amplified when my daughter's been just, at dinner time is terrible right now. <laughs> She's being picky. Oh, man, really quick. So our doc, I've talked about her, the primary doctor. He's a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. dry, right? <laughs> so today we, we we take our son and he's like, he comes in. The dude is all about data. Like everything our doctor is it's all about the percentage wise of, you know, whatever, all the little data points. And so we're saying a, something like we bring up something about picky eating. That, oh, how, he's like, how is he eating? And we're like, oh, he's he, our son is pretty good about eating, but he's starting to get picky. And then he's like, yeah, you know. You, that you have to nip that in the butt now you know it's like i, I want to say the way he said it but he was like you know all these things you know have to be uh dealt with now it's like what do you, you know it's it's like saying uh, a parent paying for a 30 year old's lifestyle and then that 30 year old never gets a job it's the same thing if you don't start to you know make sure that they eat everything they eat now you're doing it for the better for them in the future uh, you got to nip, you know, the behavior like he just was like and I was like, I don't know if I come to the doctor for parenting, like, you know, like behavioral <laughs> tips. But then I guess that would be a role, too. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like picky eating has always been something that I hated about kids. I actually was having this conversation with somebody recently. The only real mechanism for you to combat that is two things. One is exposure. So. However, you can make it happen in your household. You got to figure out the way to make it so that you have an agreement with your kids. And the, the agreement is we have to try everything that we can try food wise at least one time. And then if you don't like it, we'll stop. But you got to give it a try. Like you can't be on some like, but and then the trick is like now your daughter's four. She's probably going to hate most things. But when she's like eight, her palate's going to open up. And if your family's like mine, 
we're really excited about food. So we right. go to diff- we got our favorite cuisine and all this stuff. So the more pomp and circumstance you can put around those, the likelier it is that they're going to enjoy those things. Yeah, I mean, part of me feels like, you know, kids palates change. And so it's not that they're being picky. It's just that things don't taste the same to them. Right. Um, but what it, what's pretty obvious for the most part is that she hates meals, loves snacking all day. My daughter is the same. You know, it's like you put a like naturally, like if you were to give her the same pancake for breakfast in in snack form, she'd probably munch on it all day. Yep. But if you give it to her on a plate with you know some blueberries and it looks like a meal, she's like, I don't want this. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to pause for one second. So that's so, tough. I'd say I'd say just keep at it, bro, because there's no other way around it. Yeah, and then the other thing she's doing real quick is that she's. She'll get up off the table and like walk off. And in my head, I'm like, yo, we supposed to ha- handle this. I look at my girl, I'm like, it's, it's time you to pop out. Like, and then she, and then when we when we tell her, what are you doing? She goes under the table. <laughs> <laughs> She's wilding, man. But but yeah. She, and then and then, you know, and then after all of that, we're getting mad, we'll get heated. And it's like, oh, our cute little daughter. We love yeah. her. And you like, forget, you know. Yeah, man, but but whatever. Yeah, so so that's what it is. Next time we talk, though, I want to get more into the her karate classes she's been doing. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, and uh, and and maybe we'll I'll have another email that I can go through. <laughs> nope. All right, I gotta jump. Yeah, I gotta take a piss. Yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Father to the child.